Warning, this episode of the Foodcast includes references to vaginas, ass, and beaver butts. This is not done in a gratuitous manner. Well, maybe when I talk about ass. Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of the Karma Sense Foodcast. I'm Davey H., and this is an in-between-isode. It's Celebrity Dear Davey H. Thanks for downloading or streaming this episode of the Foodcast. I love listener questions, whether they're on-topic or off-topic. And at this point, I have enough to fill out a whole show with on-topic stuff. But feel free to submit either at any time. In this episode, you'll learn about something called golden milk, the alkaline diet, whether to fear something called nightshades, plus the truth about apple cider vinegar, oil pulling, and natural flavors. Take it away! Listener Tony S. asks, Dear Davey H., I've been reading about some miracle drink that Gwyneth Paltrow loves called golden milk. Recently you did an analysis of black soybean tea on your blog. Can you give golden milk the same treatment? Sure, Tony. First of all, what is golden milk? Golden milk, also known as Haldi Ka Dude, or just Haldi Dude, is a concoction of various, quote, superfoods, unquote, that are alleged to have amazing powers. People with karma sense know that there are no superfoods, that the danger in believing in such things is that will obsess over some kind of nutrient at the expense of many other amazing foods. Furthermore, you can have too much of a good thing. I posted a great chart about superfoods on my various social media accounts, and I link to it in the show notes. Recipes for golden milk vary, but in general the ingredients include some combination of coconut milk or milk alternative of your choice, vanilla, sweetener, often honey, cinnamon, black pepper, coconut oil or ghee, ginger, water, and turmeric or turmeric. It's the turmeric that gives golden milk its golden color. Turmeric's a spice that's common in Indian foods. Edison, New Jersey, represent, and has a bright yellow mustard color. In fact, most yellow mustards include turmeric in the ingredients. Each of the ingredients in golden milk has followed its own hype cycle of amazing benefits. Most of them are exaggerations. Now it's turmeric's turn, but turmeric is something that may actually live up to the hype. Turmeric includes a compound called cursamen, and cursamen has some astonishing evidence-backed properties. These include it's anti-inflammatory and an antioxidant. It also fights dementia, cancer, heart disease, arthritis, and depression. The problem with turmeric, in my opinion, is that it tastes like ass. I like curry in Indian food, but turmeric on its own leaves a gross taste in my mouth. Also, people who eat too much sometimes get nauseous and even develop an irregular heartbeat. And one more minor issue, if you ever get turmeric on your clothing, just be resigned to the fact that those clothes now have yellow spots forever. So, what's my take on Gwyneth Paltrow's drink of the moment? Well, usually I think Gwyneth Paltrow should stick to superheroes like Iron Man's Pepper Potts and stay away from superfoods and other health topics. After all, she's the one who recommends bee sting therapy to fight inflammation or steaming one's vagina to clean the uterus. But in this case, she's on to something. Golden milk sounds like a delicious and mostly healthful way to consume turmeric. But keep in mind, between the kind of milk you use and the added fat and sugar, it can pack a caloric punch of a couple hundred calories per cup. With that and the potential side effects of too much turmeric, I wouldn't drink it all day every day. 
By the way, if you're worried about overdosing on turmeric, the studies that looked at its negative effects were based on consuming 3,000 milligrams, or one and a half teaspoons a day. A cup of golden milk has about a quarter teaspoon, so a cup or two a day for a snack sounds like karma sense to me. Thanks, Tony. I threw a golden milk recipe up on the show notes. SK wrote, Dear Davy H., I'm a 30-year-old woman who's active and in generally good shape, but I have some pain due to an old injury. I'm always up for trying something new and recently heard of something called the Alchemind Cleanse. This is a program that Kelly Ripa tried, and she said it gave her more energy and made her feel great. It's supposed to reduce pain and fight off all sorts of damage to the body. I bought into the seven-day cleanse, but now I'm thinking I was sold a bill of goods. What do you think? Well, FSK, if you can return your seven-day cleanse for a refund, I would. The Alchemine Cleanse is one of a number of cleanses and diets that works on the theory that we eat foods that cause too much acidity in our body, and that to offset it, we need foods that counteract that acid. Without going all Chem 101 on you, the way to counteract acid substances is to use base substances, also called alkaline. The concept behind the Alkamind Cleanse sounds great. We all eat too much grain, meat, sugar, and processed foods, and they all make our bodies more acidic. If we reduce the amount of those foods we eat and replace them with foods that result in more alkaline byproducts, we'll counteract the damage done by the acid. Because, as your grandparents were told at Woodstock, some acid is not specifically too good. Brown acid that is circulating around us is not specifically too good. This whole acid ain't groovy thing sounds great in theory, but no science has ever been done to prove it. And science hasn't bothered because science knows your body is custom made to keep its acid level within a certain range. If it fails in that endeavor, it causes a problem that is sometimes called death. However, you can't deny that Kelly Ripa went on this cleanse and she felt great. I mean, this is a woman who had to suffer the loss of both Regis and Michael Strahan, yet she still feels great. It turns out the Alchemine program has you doing many of the right things for all the wrong reasons. The Alchemine approach has you eat fewer processed foods, remove simple carbohydrates from the diet, and greatly increases your vegetable and fruit consumption. These are all things that'll make most people feel great, and it probably has nothing to do with acid. So no harm, right? Well, only to your wallet. You see, for $97, you get a 30-day supply of daily green and mineral supplements, as well as recipes, guides, Facebook access, and some recordings. You can also purchase extra supplies, like special kits, to measure your acid level as it changes. That costs you another 10 bucks. When you look at the greens powder, though, it's full of superfoods. There's that word again. If you actually believe in superfoods, you can get a high-quality green powder for about $25. And the mineral powder is basically just sodium bicarbonate, magnesium, and potassium. If you take a Centrum vitamin and Tums, you get the same things, and more, for just $10 in itself. Better yet, invest your money in real fruit and vegetables, and get a better tasting version of that greens and mineral powder. Because the only thing that tastes more like ass than turmeric is greens powder. And I suppose ass. Finally, that fancy test kit that sells for 10 bucks is nothing more than a set of litmus strips that you can get for two bucks on Amazon. Or you can use the ones you swipe from Chemistry 101 Lab. With the money you save, you can buy a copy of the Karma Sense Eating Plan, be happier, healthier, 
and save the world. You get all the same advice on improving your diet, help out Alice's kids, and have money left over for one of the many other products that Kelly Rip endorses, such as Jif Chocolate Hazelnut Spread. She does really endorse it, and our buying it will make her feel great. Dear Davy H, Tom Brady, Giselle, Nightshades, signed WTF. Well, WT, I can only assume you're asking about how the Bradys, and not the good Bradys, you know, the bunch, but Tom and Giselle reportedly don't eat a class of fruits and vegetables called nightshades because they'll basically kill you, or at least make you not feel so well. The nightshade family includes eggplants, white, not sweet potatoes, peppers of all kinds, and tomatoes. Now it's true, certain nightshades will kill you when you consume them. Belladonna is a nightshade that'll kill you almost immediately. It figured prominently in Shakespeare's Macbeth, or so I'm told. I never read it. Tobacco is another nightshade, and it takes a little more time to do its magic. But eggplant, white potatoes, peppers, and tomatoes? Not so much. Here's where this is coming from. All nightshades contain an inflammatory compound called solanine. And some people are allergic to solanine and need to avoid it. Nightshades also contain a compound called lectins. Lectins are often blamed for causing autoimmune diseases, leaky gut syndrome, and the disappearance of the Brady's dog, Tiger. This time I mean the good Brady's, you know, the bunch. Some lectins are harmful. Raw kidney beans are packed with them and are toxic to humans. That's why it's a good idea to cook your kidney beans before you eat them. Well, that and because raw kidney beans taste a lot like turmeric. But the evidence that all lectins or small amounts of lectins are bad for you, it's scarce. There's just as much evidence that shows that lectins in limited amounts help fight certain diseases, such as medically induced ulcers. Meanwhile, one of the healthiest diets around, the Mediterranean diet, is full of eggplants, peppers, and tomatoes. You know, lectins is another one of those words I'm going to write down on a sheet of paper and slip it into an envelope. On the outside of that envelope, I'm writing the question, what new scourge replaced gluten as the most overhyped, dangerous substance in the dietary universe? I'm leaving instructions to open that envelope in 2018. We'll see if I'm right. As for Tom and Giselle, yes, they're beautiful and have hands covered in Super Bowl rings. But we get to eat pizza. We win. Since we're on the lifestyles of the rich and famous theme, Champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Let's talk about another celebrity-endorsed diet fad, apple cider vinegar. It helps you lose weight. Take one to three tablespoons before each meal and you'll lose weight. At least that's what they say. They also say apple cider vinegar is a great treatment for sore throats, acne, high blood pressure, headaches, dandruff, high cholesterol, and the appearance of Cousin Oliver. Who are these people? Well, these people are medical experts like Dr. Oz and Megan Fox. Hey, Megan Fox gets science. She was in the Transformers movie, yo. The truth of the matter is that the evidence to support all these benefits is pretty weak. It's based on studies primarily done on rats with a compound called acetic acid. Acetic acid's in all vinegars, but the levels are especially high in apple cider vinegar. These rat studies show that acetic acid does lower blood pressure decreases insulin levels, increases metabolism a little bit, reduces fat storage, burns fat, and suppresses appetite. When you put all those together, the rat will lose weight. But of all those, I think the last one, suppression of appetite, is the most likely. After one to three tablespoons, I could see where I wouldn't have an appetite either. 
The problem is, there's no real proof that shows that it works that way on humans. And if it does, how much apple cider vinegar it takes. Remember, these tests were done with acetic acid, not apple cider vinegar. Other vinegars have acetic acid in them too. And isn't it funny that now suddenly acid is good for you? Well, here's something to look out for. Vinegar, including apple cider vinegar, is an acid that'll eat through your tooth enamel. Don't swallow a spoonful without some rinsing and swishing. You can also try out oil pulling. That's another one of Gwyneth Paltrow's fads. And like golden milk, oil pulling is an ancient Indian ritual. Shout out to my homies at the Menlo Park Mall. It involves swishing oil around the mouth to improve your oral health. The oil of choice is from coconuts. This time, Gwyneth hits a home run. All evidence shows that 15 to 20 minutes of oil pulling kills bacteria in the mouth and reduces plaque and gingivitis. You did not mishear me. That was 15 to 20 minutes, not seconds. You can decide whether it's worth it. The final question isn't about a celebrity, it's from an actual celebrity. It's my brother, Glenn. A month or so ago, we found ourselves killing time in one of my least favorite airports in the country, Fort Lauderdale. I fully believe that when Donald Trump said that our airports are like from a third world country, he had the FLL in mind. This time, Fort Lauderdale was even worse than usual. The place was packed because we were ground zero for a hurricane that was expected to hit landfall just as our flight was supposed to leave. Furthermore, the air conditioning was broken. Even without these conditions, FLL really sucks. The food choices are the worst. Maybe they're assuming that the throngs of passengers fresh from their cruise ship all-you-can-eat buffets are desensitized to legitimate enjoyment of food. In cases like these, your best bet is to BYO. That is, bring your own, as opposed to the airport code for Benito Brazil, although I'm sure BYO Airport beats the heck out of FLL. For the lack of that, you head to the airport sundry shop, bypass the bags of bacon and ranch flavored chocolate-covered cheese puffs, and look for some nuts or other protein source. My brother Glenn opted for a prepackaged sandwich with a side of Oberto spicy buffalo-style chicken strips. With a sense of curiosity that would make a health and happiness coach proud, Glenn examined the ingredient list of the chicken jerky and asked, Why does an ingredient list include both natural flavorings and artificial flavorings? Oh, silly brother of mine, don't you know better? Don't you know that I'm one of those guys who, when asked the time, will tell you the time and then go on to explain in excruciating detail about why nightshades are okay to eat while carping about the Brady Bunch? Let's start at the very beginning, which I'm told is a very good place to start. Many people assume natural is better than artificial. Followers of the Karma Sense Media Empire know that the word natural, when it appears as a claim somewhere on a food label, is meaningless. But then when that same word appears in the ingredient list, and is immediately followed by any version of the word flavor, it takes on a special meaning. The Code of Federal Regulations, or CFR, as opposed to the airport code for Con France, although I'm sure CFR Airport beats the heck out of FLL, is the compilation of rules and regulations published in the Federal Register. The Federal Register is the official journal of the federal government of the United States. Motto, all the albeits fit to print. Back in the day when Congress actually used to do stuff, they would debate the regulations for many things, including what needs to go on an ingredient label. One thing they obsessed over was a definition of natural flavor. And here's what they came up with. And before I read it, if you're driving, you may want to pull over, because this will make you drowsy. 
A natural flavor is the essential oil, oleoresin, essence or extractive, protein hydrosylate, distillate, or any product of roasting, heating, or enzymolysis, which contains the flavoring constituents derived from a spice, fruit, or fruit juice, vegetable or vegetable juice, edible yeast, herb, bark, bud, root, leaf, or similar plant material, meat, seafood, poultry, eggs, dairy products, or fermentation products thereof, whose significant function in food is flavoring other than nutritional. WTF, as in WTF, and not as in West African air transport. In a nutshell, the term natural, when used to modify the term flavor, means anything derived from a plant, animal, or nutshell. Sounds pretty innocuous, eh? Certainly as compared to artificial flavors. The term artificial, when used to modify the term flavor, means anything derived from stuff other than plants or animals. If we were playing 20 questions, that would leave minerals, but we're not playing 20 questions. We're playing Dear Davey H. Seriously, artificial flavors are made from rocks and any other powders, liquids, gases, or pink goos that plant workers synthesize in labs all over the world, but primarily in New Jersey. So, between natural flavors and artificial flavors, do natural flavors win? Not necessarily. Chemically, natural and artificial flavors are usually very similar. Artificial flavors are better regulated and much more pure. Take apple flavor, for instance. A natural apple flavor may be extracted from an actual apple. Depending on the process, the resulting apple may also include the apple seeds. Apple seeds contain amygdalin, a substance that your body converts to cyanide. And cyanide is poison. You'd have to eat an awful lot of apple cores to accumulate sufficient cyanide in your body, but the natural flavors in apple jacks could theoretically contain enough. Fear not, you lovers of apple jacks. More than likely, the natural flavors in your favorite cereal have no kinship to an actual apple. You see, natural flavors don't have to come from the plant or animal you're trying to simulate. For this example, we can use vanilla flavor. Real vanilla is expensive. Big food companies like to replace real vanilla flavor with fake vanilla flavor. Fake vanilla flavor can be artificial or natural. Chemically, they'd be very similar. Factories synthesize artificial vanilla flavor using a small and pristine collection of chemicals. Natural vanilla flavor sometimes comes from an extract called castorium. Castorium is a natural flavor because, as we know, it comes from a plant or animal. Since real vanilla is a plant, one would expect castorium to come from a plant. One would not expect castorium to come from a beaver. One might hope that castorium didn't come from a beaver's anus. But alas, hope is not a strategy. Castorium comes from two glands adjacent to the beaver butt. Knowing all this, what would Davy H do? Duly armed with all the information you need, which do you prefer? Flavors derived from chemicals made in a clean room or flavors derived from a beaver's hindquarters? It's your call. Most of the time, food companies opt for natural flavor to take advantage of consumers who lack karma sense. Big food knows that natural flavors benefit from an irrational halo effect. But the distinction between the two is negligible. It's similar to saying the Oberto Buffalo-style chicken strips sold at the grocery store are natural. The Oberto Buffalo-style chicken strips sold at the airport sundry shop are artificial. Me? I'll opt for neither. You never know in any given circumstance which will be worse, artificial or natural flavors. I went for the bag of nuts. They're lower in protein, but also lower in ingredients. If there's anything we can take away from these questions and answers, 
It's that being famous does not make you an expert on anything, especially nutrition. The reverse is true too. Knowing a thing or two about nutrition does not bring you fame. Sharing and reviewing podcasts, however, does, so please consider doing so for the Foodcast. We're taking next week off, but it's all for the greater good. I may finally be over the hump of having to do in-between episodes, as I have a great series of guest interviews in development and in the can. We'll be meeting a true entomophagist, look it up, a personal trainer who says you can get ripped without exploiting animals, someone who's tackling the problem of food deserts, and so much more. Have a great Thanksgiving, and remember what your old pal Bozo always says. What does your old pal Bozo always say? Just keep laughing.